With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cams. It can be easily installed at your convenience and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. The candles are lit, the lights are low, and we're back from the holiday break with the latest edition of the E-League Report, the best damn esports show you'll listen to this week. I'm Brian, he's seven, and we're coming at you live from the remnants of the E-League holiday party. (laughs) Yeah, it was a a fanciful holiday party. Um, I don't remember any of it. No, but I do notice the social media manager is still there under the table. I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah, it's probably probably because we make them clip out our audio. <laughs> like, I just drank so much punch to forget the sound of their voice. <laughs> probably. Uh, coming up on this episode, we try to answer the age-old question, what the hell is going on at Blizzard? Artifact numbers are less than impressive, and CSGO is coming back to the E-League arena. But first, we may have our first real instance of fake gamer girl on our hands. So there's this story that came out a couple weeks ago. We're going to call it the Ellie Saga. Basically, a player joined the Overwatch Contenders team's second wind, claiming to be a woman, um, and actually was a woman, to be fair. It was a 17-year-old woman that they talked to, but it was being played as a Smurf account of another North American ladder player, and it's drawn up all sorts of fun drama. Um, this is interesting, because there's this already we know there's this lack of female representation in esports. It's a topic that comes up on the show from time to time. And it feels like this scenario can only further hurt that. You know, this was supposed to be some sort of social experiment and is now being used as evidence in cases where, you know, another female wants to join a team. They're like, oh, what if this is right. the Ellie saga all over again? Like, has this done irreplaceable damage to women wanting to get into esports? I, I think so. I think there's a lot of things that have transpired in, in all this. One, the fact that uh, once a female player is announced, they immediately get the, the toxicity of being threatened with being doxxed and calling fake. And so now really what has happened, because it ended up being fake this time now, every female player ha- will have to go through and justify the either their, their rank, their abilities. Yep. They'll have to kind of prove it. Uh, and it's unfair because, I mean, most players... Uh, if they're of male gender, they don't have to go through that route. You don't have Reddit starting a thread on how to search up your competitive history and do comparisons and algorithmic analysis of whether or not you're real. Right, right. I mean, we've seen this happen before. Um, the irony is, you know, there are male players out there using Word.exe, evidently, and, and doing all sorts of cheats to, to make it up the ranks. And, and it took us how many years to catch that? Right, exactly. And I mean, this is just really crap. And, and basically how it transpired was Second Wind did pick up um, uh, this 
this person named Ellie based on uh, where they were in terms of uh, rankings in the competitive season and how well they were doing. And I think they were like really high up there. And um, what happened later on is that there was all these threats of docs and all this toxicity came out out of the community. And at one point in time, Aspen, who's a professional overwatch player and streamer slash content creator over at cloud nine, she mentioned that Punisher, who I believe is also on Second Wind, um, had confessed to her that he was actually Ellie and was doing it part of a social experiment, which is ridiculous that that was a social experiment even thought of. Yeah, but like, oh, a- this couldn't possibly cause any harm. Right, And but there's a lot of questions you have to start asking, like, why did Second Wind not vet the person? How did they even get to the point where they announce him as a member and they're not really a player slash thing? Like, how far? I mean, at what point in time is this experiment? Do you say, oh, this has gone awry? Because your team is building this around the fact that they have this player on their roster and eventually. But I guess this takes advantage of the fact that they made the change to contenders where there's not the, uh, you know, they're not doing LAN, right? There's do- everything's right. happening online. Right, right. So, uh, how, what was the plan if it didn't get caught? Or they, it would turn right. out to be like, fine. What if Blizzard even looked into this had Reddit not gone and done their thing. Like, let's just pretend for a second that Punisher was pretending to be just another guy, and Reddit decided not to get on their sexist horse and come and do this. Like, would Blizzard have even caught this, or how long would it have taken Blizzard? To catch Accor- this? According to Blizzard, they do background checks on everybody who's listed as a a player within contenders teams. So they say that they do the background checks, and that's how they caught it. However, I know it, it just. The, the, one of the things that sucks about this, outside of the fact that they've basically ruined it for females now trying to get into the game, is is just the fact that like Second Wind was had to have been in on this. I don't know how you're you're not in on this. You make the announcement. There was even screwing around like where they're trying to protect her identity, right? I and mean, you should be able to tell from talking to a person. Like if this is just some rando female that he grabbed to play Ellie. And you are signing somebody to a top tier, I mean, not top tier, but near top tier professional Overwatch League team or Overwatch contenders team. You should be able to suss out from a conversation if this person knows enough about Overwatch to be at the level that the account itself was at. Right, right. And on top of that, I mean, people are even trying to say, like, oh, it was a guy using, like, a voice changer and all that. And it, it wasn't. They legit, like, a player on that, a player went and. Took, pretended to be pretended LA. to be somebody else yeah. essentially um and i don't know where you go with that at that point like when you say say it never gets caught like who do you have do you have somebody else come in and play that account for you during online right. matches and do then you when, just broadcast her camera but you're playing on a different computer like i don't know the mechanisms in place when they're doing these overwatch contenders matches and well and that's one of the things too people like when you talk about having to prove it you know having to prove um, uh, we had what's her name from uh, Shanghai Dragons had to prove, like uh, Gaguri is that yeah, it is? Yeah. had to pr- prove how well she was at uh, Zarya because she was like the number one ranked. And Zarya. Like, no, she's cheating. Yeah, and so she had to actually go on stream and do it on a computer. Like that was just the proof that like wasn't like she wasn't using cheats and all this different stuff. People like wanting video of her hand while she's playing, like all kinds of proof that you don't get when you're just and nobody else you on that team possibly be that good because you're a woman. Right, right. And now, because it was faked, and it's in, in, th- in this case, this quote-unquote experiment has gone awry, it's, it's just caused so much damage that it's, it's just ridiculous. I can't, I can't believe it ever got that far. Nope. So, well, a league that is actually doing somewhat better in terms of the drama department, despite the fact that I think the first 
two years of this show, it was like daily we had Riot on here. If it weren't up for Riot in the Overwatch League, we probably would have had to cancel the show years ago. <laughs> right? Uh, so Riot looks to be back in the sponsorship sa- saddle once again with Alienware signing, I believe it was a four-year sponsorship deal, yep. and Kia also stepping up to sponsor the LEC. So Riot seems to be doing a lot of sponsorship business where you know, all the other leagues seem to be struggling in some way. Um, despite the fact that they have actually had a drop in uh, viewership when it comes to the actual seasons, world's a different story. How are they having success and these others are not? I think a lot of it has to do with the longevity of things. It's a less risky bet to get in on, even compared to the Overwatch League, right? Like the Overwatch League has had success because I think they have brute forced it and basically said, we got all this money and we have all these sports teams and calling some favors and we end up with Sour Patch Kids. Uh, But I think, as far as Riot's concerned, they have a history of working with non-endemic partners well. State Farm has been involved with League of Legends for quite a while. Um, Obviously, the Alienware one is an endemic sponsorship. Akia, non-endemic, but again, a perfect brand fit as far as that goes. And it just shows the strength of the consistency of the league. Yeah, it goes up and it goes down. But it is still like a good thing to be associated with if you're trying to go after kids. Like if you're looking at what else can I do to target this demographic, TV is not that option anymore. If I want to get the 18 to 35 crowd, TV is not on the top of my list of where I want to spend money, and esports is a convenient way to get there. Um, I, I do think they drew some. They, they've basically done finance or franchising well so far twice which is also right. gives them a good track record which is why i think people are willing to step up to sponsor the lec and it does show that thing that you and i have talked about in the past which is riot show us some renewed like passion and involvement for european league of legends and i think this shows that as well and you're also going to see this because it's not just happening around riot specifically you're also going to have origin joining the lec that is bringing that audi sponsorship on right, board right. which they have had previously which is also interesting given that kia is sponsoring the league but audi is sponsoring a team but coming in from their deal with astralis on the cs ghost side we're going to see that play out in league of legends as well uh, it, it's a good spot to be in from Ryan's perspective, and I think it really just boils down to that consistency. And they are still, no matter where the numbers go, a a tier esport by leaps and bounds above like your smites and your rocket leagues and right. things of that nature. I mean, even despite losing three hundred million dollars, the three hundred million dollar TV deal over like what was it, like five Oops. years, something like that. Like, yep. yeah, that one didn't help them out in any way, shape, or form. But however. I mean, you've got, like you had mentioned, you've got uh, a franchise, a seasoned franchised league now. Uh, you've expanded it with teams that have been in the ecosystem. It's not really an experiment. It's really just a refining of what they've been doing, of their business, yep. Yep. of a proven business model that's worked for them. So it's a secure bet for them. Whereas Overwatch League, it was a, you know the inaugural season, right out of the gates, people were like, we don't know if it's going to be good or not. And they, they managed some some decent sponsors, but we've seen people like, coke jumping in we've seen a lot of like big name sponsors jumping into league of legends even though it hasn't been like multi-years a lot of times like this four-year deal with alienware is nice uh i mean but it's different it's it's an obvious place for alienware like we're trying to sell you high performance pcs esports is how you do right and i think they actually replaced i think uh acer predator had that kind of that spot before and now they've kind of taken that um it does run into some weird stuff though when you you have like audi on on the on the jerseys and 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 uh, I think we Riot discussed this a long time ago around what goes on the jerseys and where they're placed based on sponsorship and yeah. how they would do that. So there must have been something that was like circumvented, like Origin maybe got a special deal or break on that based on they had signed it maybe first without. Well, I imagine also for their inclusion, if it, if the inclusion of them in the league happened as 
as last minute as some of the rumors made it seem i imagine they had some bargaining power here and were saying hey we got this astralis deal must have must have been something there so yeah yep uh, moving on to people making money, PUBG. So PUBG, obviously, we know back in 2017, they struck that deal to be exclusive to the Xbox. That year came up in December, only available for three weeks on the PlayStation Store. And it, clearly, people on the PlayStation wanted to play PUBG right. because it is the number one downloaded game for all of December, despite only being there for three weeks. In retrospect, how does this decision that the PUBG court made to go exclusive with Xbox look in the long run? I mean, I think it's easy to say that it hurt them. Um, you can uh, you can argue that it was actually maybe even helpful to them. Um, they didn't have to handle another console, the launch on another console. As we all know, PUBG yeah. had plenty of problems. Lots of bugs. Right, and plenty of bugs still does. Uh, so from a stability standpoint, that was one less thing in the pipeline that they had to work on. And so I think that probably did help them in that aspect. I'm sure monetarily they were paid well from from Microsoft yep. to be an Xbox Xbox exclusive. But I mean, right now we were Fortnite has kind of set the precedent now. You you're across all these different platforms, your, you know, mobile, your Switch, your PC, your Xbox, your PS4, like I everybody play playing together. Fridge. Yeah, and your, I don't know, your old school like Casio calculator watch as well. I like it. My TI-85 uh, is rocking some Fortnite. <laughs> and so with that, now it's almost this universal account. It's almost expected that you're on all of these platforms. Yep. It, this this bump that they've had, um, I'm sure they would love to have had it maybe previously when they, their stock was a little bit higher in terms of like players wanting to play the game. Um but it's still good to see that when they do hit on PlayStation that they're trouncing things like Call of Duty Black Ops 4, um, which uh, one of the other things we wanted to talk about was that Call of Duty Black Ops 4 was named uh, PS4's most downloaded game in 2018. Yep. Now, my question to you on this before we get into the world of Blizzard here is Activision went and has basically said, even though it's been declared really a, a success, when it comes to from a player standpoint, all the it breaking like viewership records and dethroning yep. Fortnite and all of this, like from our eyes, it has been a success, made plenty of money up front. But Activision kind of just going and saying, "Hey, it didn't do well enough numbers wise." That kind of started a lot of this ball rolling with Activision and Blizzard. Yes. Do you think Black Ops Four was a, a failure? I think depending on what. So if you compare it to this is supposed to be our Fortnite. Right, this is supposed to be our entry into this popular battle royale genre. This was potentially the kickoff for this long-running rumored CWL Pro League franchise model that we have heard rumored and bandied about in connection with the teams that signed on with the Overwatch League. It could be, right? It does not have the power that they hoped it would have to take on Fortnite, take on PUBG, build a more, I don't know, sustainable franchise for them. You and I right. talked a lot about like, do like, how do they back their way out of this into their yearly model? I don't know. Right. Maybe they don't. Um, so it really depends on your angle. If you were just trying to release another AAA game that sold a bunch of fucking copies and made you money, it's, I'd say it's a relative success. Um, if it's supposed to do that, it's supposed to be game changing in those other ways, no pun intended, um, then I think it is potentially a problem. And when you look at things like PUBG, for example, that is still being sold for twenty nine ninety nine, even on the PlayStation Store, being able to dominate the download spot by throwing it on there and, you know, after, th you know, a year of exclusivity, it goes to show you you've got a long hill to climb in this if you want to be a player in this genre. I think there's a couple of things I do want to talk about. Um, 
The first one is is this yearly rotation. One of the things that, and it was announced, uh, I don't even think we threw it in the notes, but it was announced that uh, Bungie and Activision were, were splitting. I believe it's actually about two years earlier than planned. Yep. Uh, and that uh, Bungie would retain the rights to Destiny 2. One of the things that supposedly after this was announced, Bungie, uh, it was said that there was much cheering and champagne opening <laughs> at the announcement that they were they were parting ways. Um, one of the big complaints that Bungie had with Activision was this yearly rotation of you had to have some turn something out. Right, you need to sell some AAA game that'll make a crap ton of money in box sales. Right, and with that, players going into Black Ops Four in the the blackout mode, which is again your they were attempted to kill Fortnite or dethrone Fortnite in any way, shape, or form, or capitalize on the battle royale model uh, or game mode. That model of yearly rotation out like, has left a lot of people questioning, like, how long will Blackout mode be supported? Also, they didn't really have their business model sorted out a lot in that, and so I'm sure that didn't help them. Right. But take it, how much bigger of a game would it have been if the model was sorted out? They announced, hey, we're going to support this mode in this version of Black Ops for, say, three years going. How much more money or how much bigger of an audience do you think it would have had? Here's what I would have done. I'm going to go even one step further. What I think they should have done is they should have just made a standalone game available on all platforms, Call of Duty Blackout. It is not part, you know, we release it simultaneously with Black Ops 4, and but it is a separate game. And announce the things explicitly that you're talking about this is a this is our Fortnite. this is our PUBG. this is just a game we will continue to maintain right. with, with microtransactions as a separate game i think part of the problem is is the studios behind you know it's a rotating set of studios behind the different call of duty franchises those studios are not necessarily set up to support a game in the way you have to support a Fortnite style game, right? It is right. not about the. Con- I mean, think about what Epic does, especially, right? Just constantly turning out new content, new skins, like printing money. Uh, you don't actually see that a whole lot from these these you know Triptark and all the game, all the companies behind the different Call of Duty franchises. Don't have necessarily experience doing that. You need a different staff. You need to have higher staff. You know, they tend to go through right. the AAA. Uh, you know peaks and troughs of staffing you know like oh the game's out you're all laid off kind of crap and so you know it's different when you have to support a game long term you have to do more of the blizzard model the riot model etc um and i think that would have been what they should have done i think in the long run they did hurt themselves by bearing what is probably the feature that made the game the most interesting to non-call of duty players like you're trying to expand the audience you buried it as a mode inside a game that a lot of people have just ignored not because call of duty black house 4 is bad but if i'm not a call of duty player which i'm not if it weren't for the fact that I was tied to esports and knew about this blackout mode, I probably would have never bought the game. And that's probably true right. for a lot of people. It is. It is true for a lot of people. And I think that uh, you're you're spot on where they could have done a compl- – they could have kept their current model with the pass uh, in the Black Ops for just it, its own game and then take, up, take blackout mode, do a completely different business model for it, one that can be self-supportive. And I'm going to spin off their own team. Um, the funny part is, is if this was most other companies, they would have done that. And yep. it's it, it just goes to show you that like Activision's uh, ability to kind of see forward while while Blackout Mode was very successful and they, it was a huge leap for them to do it, it threw them into really uncomfortable territory. Yep. And they're just not used to it where you've got someone like a company like Blizzard, which is under Activision's wing, which is totally used to, used to this model isn't utilized for this 
and, and isn't like pulled into like how do we do this? No, but we'll gladly jam it into the Battle.net client. Right. Totally. <laughs> just a weird use of Blizzard. We'll talk about it. In fact, let's dive into this. So you had mentioned briefly about what's going on with Activision and Blizzard. So in the past few months, we've seen major names of Blizzard corporate leave. You know, Mike, Mike Morheim being the most obvious one that has left recently. Uh, we've had the whole Diablo Immortals mobile Diablo BlizzCon fiasco. Uh, we've had many key figures on the esports side that's left. You know, we've talked in the past about how Blizzard became the epicenter for esports, was sucking all this talent in and spit a lot of that talent back out. Um, the HTC gets shut down. You know, since the last time we recorded, we have not had a chance to talk about this. The HTC gets the HGC words get cut down, and then on top of all that, we got major shakeups happening in Activision Blizzard. Bobby Kotich, who has been in charge of Call of Duty, is now the president of Activision. We have Bungie splitting off for Destiny Two. Like, what in the hell? is going on at Activision and Blizzard, and Blizzard in particular, because we're hearing, you know, now everybody's kind of getting on the train, right? Like, let's all just pile on. So there's all these, there's leaks about employee experiences going on. There's causing a lot of drama. There's just so much going on around Blizzard right now. It seems like the polish has left the company, and you're starting to wonder, like, when it started with um, Metzen leaving a few years ago, like, was that the death knell for what is the current iteration of Blizzard? It, you named off so Sorry, many Sorry, I just basically summarized a 30-minute show in like 30 seconds. <laughs> 30, it was like a year. I'm just angry about all It's of like this. the year in review for Blizzard and all of like uh, – and then like seven. What do you think? Could, um, you, could you sat trombone at the end of that, please? <laughs> yeah, somebody's going to have to. Um, so one of the main things that's it's going on is um, Activision Blizzard, uh, outside of just firing their CFL, um, which was probably a smart move if – this is what they were doing or what they decided was the best course of but action. But did you know what the shit show was around that? What was it? He actually was leaving to go to Netflix. And so they were trying to fire him. And I, my guess would be it is that had contractual differences in the amount of money that he made. So they were trying to fire him. And it was up to him to prove whether or not he should have not been fired. But it was because he had already been tapped to take over a CFO at Netflix. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, anyway, sorry, this just became CNN business. For <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And they're also evidently. Um, you want to talk about the stock price? Yeah. Well, this. Yeah, they're under and not under investigation. They're being sued. Quote, but it's by a company that sues like everybody whose stock drops like crazy amount. Um, they just kind of blanket sued all these people, saying insider trading. They're, they're like patent trolls. Yeah, essentially. But when it comes to stocks and insider trading, um, so. The worry is is that Activision is looking for profitability. If you look at Blizzard's roadmap for this year, uh, and if you're looking towards the eye of pro- profitability, it's not there. Like, think about it. Overwatch, it's got the seasons going on, but really, you don't have a ton of money. All your money came in this past year from all the franchise fees. you got franchising fees supporting it. But you're not going to be able to not- add another 12 teams next year. No, you're not going to be able to add another 12 teams next year. You don't have a new game. You have no like. It's not like an expansion model where you've got more money pouring in. Essentially, from a mon- monetizing standpoint, Overwatch is having an issue right now. I would say, yep. um, outside of o- Overwatch skins, you can get your uh, blue and pink ones now, Brian. Yeah, like, great. Like, but and they've even talked about that, right? They said they want to slow down the event releases so they can work more on the core game for whatever the hell that means. Right. Yeah. It's, well, they're they're probably hemorrhaging people ironically i've gotten back into playing it a ton um outside of that so overwatch nothing new coming right no big no big money things you don't have like a you've got black ops at the end of the year or sorry call of duty coming at the end of the year and even then it's like you're stepping on current business (laughs) by doing it um diablo 
no signs of Diablo. Right. We right? know that we know that four is probably floating out there somewhere, but clearly someone doesn't feel either they don't feel confident enough in it to talk about it yet, or they are so worried about it being so similar in mechanics to the mobile game that it may basically eat each other, right? Yeah, you don't want to like announce a game when you just announce another one, even if that other one was a total flop. But even so, like the Switch game has already been over halved in terms of price. So you're not the Switch release isn't going to carry you over any money into 2019. And you're really just taking advantage of the fact that everybody wants to have every game on their Switch. Right. You've got like nothing in StarCraft. You've got not like Hearthstone is is losing steam. It's losing steam uh to Magic the Gathering in a very large way. Ironically, not which artifact. is just crazy because everybody just kind of scoffed at Magic's attempt to try to go fully digital again. And we talked about this esports side of things, but that's where a lot of people are going right. back to, especially. And we'll talk about it in a bit with how poorly other Hearthstone competitors have been doing as well. Yeah, I mean, well, the Magic the Gathering is is taking a huge chunk. It's come full circle. Magic the Gathering online was there before, and when Hearthstone came out, it wiped like ninety percent of sales off of off of magic because it was a horrible experience and people just wanted some other card game to play so they went back to the drawing board and now they're coming in they're taking a bite out of hearthstone and then you have all the esports stuff is is up in the air because they've not had a made a a point to get a well they probably have made a point but they've just not succeeded in getting high-end sponsors which is why i kind of wanted to talk about the league of legends stuff earlier on like who's sponsoring hearthstone there's no who's the big sponsor for for uh heroes of the storm Nobody, I mean, right. right? Like they basically were just trying to prop it up on. I mean, they were just they were becoming overly expensive marketing ploys. We've talked about right. esports' roots in this, but nobody big had signed on to the HCC. Nobody big had signed on to Hearthstone. Um, they haven't even done anything major with some of the other franchises. Like StarCraft Classic was supposed to be some sort of renaissance for the esports scene in that nope. game. They had a franchise lead in charge of that, and nothing came of it. And yeah, so where does the money come from? Franchising fees. Well, we're not making any money from franchising fees anymore of those leagues, and or we're not even giving it as an option in the case of Hearthstone. Like, there's no teams in that league to get franchising fees from. So without sponsorships, you're just paying a crap ton of money to play commercials on Twitch. Yeah, and and if you're looking to save money. Uh, well, you cut esports programs, and so that's another thing that came out too. Is this survey went out to uh, various Hearthstone players, basically saying how likely are you to spend money in the next thirty days on it? Although this kind of general, like whatever it may be, but one of them was how likely are you to continue to play Hearthstone if there's no esports scene? Essentially, if 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 if, if there are no Blizzard su- Blizzard supported or Blizzard backed tournaments, which basically says. If we pull out of esports, are you still interested in Hearthstone? Here's and that piece. and that just sent waves. Like people were freaking out because well, they haven't announced Heart. So they haven't announced anything around Hearthstone, like solid information. No, right? all we know is that the, we have that that blog post that like Which made no freaking sense, written whatsoever. by like an epic fashion. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, just like what is going on here? To- total nonsense. But now you've got Chichu leaving. Yep, who's and- the franchise lead for Hearthstone esports? And and he went to uh, Ubisoft. Ubisoft up in San Francisco. So it's like, where what's going on? Like people are freaking out about that. And this is interesting timing because we covered a couple of months ago when Blizzard decided they were going to create these like tournament licensing agreements and start enforcing them and get like really shitty with local grassroots communities. They were not following the rules. We talked about the name change that had to happen for the Hearthstone League stuff. Seems oddly timing while also backing out. And I'll be honest. Based on the story that happened around the HGC and what a shit show that announcement was, I'm not convinced that there was a lot of forethought. Like, I fully believe that the decision to start pulling back on grassroots and making that harder 
has nothing to do with the decision to back out of esports now from a cost standpoint. I just think they just pivoted and did a 90 degree whatever. And now you're like, okay, so what, like what actually is the case? So if there's no more official Hearthstone esports, but now you make me pay you to license the game to do right. it. That seems, I mean, a that just sounds like a company, even if it's not on purpose, that is desperate for money and you need to back out of one or the other, right? You can't, you should go back and be like, whatever the fuck you want, Maybe have a fucking tournament mode in Hearthstone. That sounds like a great idea. The things that foster the community, which is this what this survey makes me think that they're afraid of, are they're taking away. So they want to know is, how important is esports in keeping you to play the game? Yeah, I think they've made some. They're they're on the cusp of making some bad decisions. At least when it comes to Hearthstone, I think Hearthstone suffered more from the. Uh, from an esports standpoint, suffered from the fact that there were just too many. It's almost like the baseball effect, right? You play like a hundred and like eighty games throughout the year, and really only like the last like I just show 10, 20, Nobody cares uh, until then. Like it, nobody cares until like the last few. And so yep. that's largely what was happening with Hearthstone. It's literally every weekend there was a tournament, and they were just like. Wh- what, it's like the global the games, points? you just forget that right. they're being played at some point. Exactly. And you're just, okay, you're eight weeks into it, like, oh, okay, now it matters, now I'll watch. And we so, even saw this with Overwatch League. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's part of what's happening is they oversaturated it. I can't believe they went as crazy as they did with it. I mean, it's great on paper, maybe, like, we're going to do all this different stuff, but really what happened is you were carting everybody around. That's why they've internalized a lot of it, and they're doing, like, remote coverage yep. of all these things. I, I just I don't know where they're going with it. It's I think it's a scary time for that. I think licensing, trying to get money off of the dream hacks and uh, any of these like traveling road shows, which Hearthstone might be a part of, it's just crazy. And so I, well, not just to harp on Hearthstone alone, but like we talked about if Blizzard, when Blizzard was taking everybody in the esports ecosystem and bringing them in house, and we were like, this is insanity. Like that was. When every the buzz around esports, like you could just be like, "Hey, I once wrote the word esports." They're like, "Cool, you're hired, you're in." I'm pretty sure I've got some LinkedIn messages from some I will not name developers that are like, "Hey, want to come talk about esports?" At right? Blah 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 company, and I'm like, I host some half knit podcast about, <laughs> about esports. Like, have you even looked at my resume? Right, and, and well, it's crazy because like it was just happening. It was happening, and Blizzard was sucking so much talent out of yep. the ecosystem, and then we even said. Uh, when all this was happening, especially around Overwatch, like if this doesn't work out, it's things are going to come crashing down. And now yep. look at it, like it's coming crashing like hard. Yep, and, and it's coming at a horrible lesson. time because I think the core company is struggling. Right, and it's not looking. I mean, we were looking at their, their from their stock price. Oh man, it is it's bad. They when they after the Bungie announcement, which they announced like late on a Friday, like after they market close. The amount of times that Blizzard and Activision have to announce something on a Friday is getting absurd. I'm just wait- it's like every Friday I just can't wait to see what new shitty thing is happening at Blizzard. Yeah, I mean they opened they opened like down like 10%. It was ridiculous. It's just as they should. It's just oh man, this, I don't know what's going on with this company. It's I don't know. It's ridiculous. And, and so we're in a like you said, we're in a state where no strong titles on the docket. No strong updates coming for any of these games. The games that we do know are coming, like, WoW Classic isn't going to be a major pump for them. It's just basically a novelty project. To be quite honest, I'm surprised Activision is letting happen. And I would not be shocked if somewhere down the road where it just becomes vaporware because Activision doesn't want to get involved. Well, that's another thing we haven't really talked about. We we know or we were told that the WoW Mythic Dungeon stuff was going to come pretty hot and heavy when in 2019. And it's been, like, nothing. No, quiet so far, which is a shame because it's super exciting. Uh, and then you obviously you've got 
the like you mentioned, there's no Overwatch stuff coming. The Warcraft Three Reforged stuff is basically just vaporware until we see an actual date. And I don't believe esports are going to happen around that anymore than esports happen around StarCraft Classic. Right, right. Hopefully, they'll uh, hook up Mr. Sam Braithwaite, add another freaking title to his franchise lead, <laughs> and then have nothing come out of that esport. StarCraft is always going to be StarCraft, but it's not enough to to do anything. So it's it's a, it's a weird spot to be in. I, I'm sad about the Mythic Dungeon stuff. I think there is a crisis of conscience happening at Blizzard right now when it comes to the identity that they used to have and they have largely lost in the last year. And every part of this is not a major thing on its own, but is a part of a bigger trend. Diablo Immortal is not about a mobile Diablo game being a copy of an Eddie's game. It's about... Blizzard, left to its own devices, would probably not have made that game, is really what that boils down to. So it's a sign of influence from the outside. Um, And I think you're going to see that, you know, you see that with Metzen leaving and Morheim leaving. Now Morheim's leaving his strategic position already in April. And I believe Morheim, I I heard that Morheim's actually back on contract to help out a little bit with a while. So, like, he's back at advising. Not Morheim. um, Sorry. uh, Metzen. Metzen. Metzen Sorry. I misspoke. Um, but even so, it's like, that's scary when they like, okay, Wiles freaking out, we're not doing well, can you come back on a contract basis? Eh, the, yeah, they're scared. Th- this is the classic tale of a company having this soul that makes it great, and somebody coming in and buying that, and then eventually just not being able to leave it alone, and then killing it. And you know, it, it, what's funny is, remember when... Activision Blizzard bought itself back from Vivendi, and everybody's like, yep. yes, they're going to do it. And then now it's almost like, can Blizzard buy themselves from Activision? Yeah, because clearly like, they need to. And that will be the story that plays out. Five to ten years down the road, you're going to see all these former Blizzard guys that have a crap ton of money, and they're going to swoop in when Blizzard's on their last legs, and they're going to buy the company back. And it's never going to reach its former heights, but they're going to bring it back, and it'll probably be a good, solid game studio. But I think the golden age of Blizzard is going to end. Yeah, I think so. And you mentioned uh, people leaving Blizzard and starting their own thing. Uh, ben Brode, who most people will know is his previous role as the game director of Hearthstone, announced that his new company, Second Dinner, has secured $30 million bucks in funding from, of course, NetEase. Uh, but on top of it, they also partnered with Marvel for their next title. Now, I know you're a Marvel fan, uh, yep. and, and when it comes to – I am as well. Um, never really got into DC. But uh, given Ben's past role at Blizzard, it, do you think there's a chance we're going to see a Marvel-branded esports title coming from this, these deals? I mean, you got to have something to replace with Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. I was going to. I, <laughs> this is why I like jumped in to take this one over because I wanted to hear you were just one of my snarky comments yes, about I, Marvel versus Capcom. I knew it was there. I knew it was there. I. I mean, look, it's hard not to believe this is some sort of card game, and the reason why I say that is because it's not just Ben Brode. Like his initial team is largely some of the long-running team of Hearthstone to begin right. with, um, and so it's obvious to me Marvel has dabbled in this space quite frequently and in fact while it's not massive they have a living card game that is fairly popular like a physical card game that people Mm -hmm. play it's an lcg for people that are not familiar with board games it's essentially like magic without the collecting elements you get a set of cards and it's about the deck building as opposed to the ability to spend lots of money on cards i doubt that's not to say that we won't get a bunch of microtransactions but 
I'm excited for them. It also is obviously a mobile title because NetEase is not going to invest a bunch of money in a company that isn't doing anything but a mobile game. Right. Yeah. NetEase is all about the money. Because we, we saw, like, what is it? Knives Out, I think was, like, the name of the PUBG clone, Fortnite yeah, clone. sure. And how it uh, – I think it's called Knives Out. Yes. It, and it was uh, – it made stupid amount of money. More money than PUBG. <laughs> yeah. More money than the, the, the games that it is essentially a clone of. I mean, effectively, Fortnite is a PUBG clone. Right. Well, yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> just poor PUBG created the genre so everybody else could make the money. Yeah. <laughs> created the genre and now sitting third. Um I, I think that uh I you're I think you're right. The crew that he has brought over from Team Five largely uh, uh have a background in CCGs. I it wouldn't surprise me game developers can develop more than one genre, so it wouldn't surprise me if they, they change it some, to something else. But when you've got that rich of a lore, like how could you not just easily build a CCG yeah. out of that? Like that's it's just waiting to happen. And I have faith in that Ben Brode did not give up Hearthstone to go make some shilly crappy Marvel mobile title because Lord knows there's been a crap ton of them. Um, so it gives me some faith that they're swinging for something actually really interesting and cool and more permanent than the yearly cycle of whatever right. game they decide to make in that universe to suck microtransactions out of kids. When I, when I first heard, I actually heard it in like the reverse order that they had scored a deal with Marvel, and I'm like, oh man, please don't let this be one of the, like. Do you remember like back in like the the I don't know mid to early 2000s when they like everybody was like every time there would be like a spider-man movie or a a any yep, kind of yep. game they would come out with like a version of or any kind of movie they come out with a game that kind of go spider-man the movie the game right right and they were That's always it. awful because they had like the worst turnaround times they're usually like reskins of yep, other stuff yep. and uh a lot like, of the same mechanics great here comes the uh avengers affinity end game mobile title <laughs> yeah it's pretty awful so um, I was really afraid of that, but then once I found out NetEase had backed him with like thirty million, I'm like, oh wait a minute, this is going to be there's there's going to be a lot of microtransactions and money behind this, and it's probably going to be an esport title in a way or a competitive title in yeah. a lot of ways. At least a mobile multiplayer title, I think, is what we're looking at. Uh, so in the vein of card games, so Artifact, a game that has been out for a few months now, officially. Um, looks to have a potential problem on their hands if they have shed over 90% of their active player base in less than two months. Um, we're seeing a lot of the competition go to Hearthstone. We're seeing MTG Arena actually make an unsurprising, or I shouldn't, I shouldn't say unsurprising, but it, it's they have come back to the light, so to speak. Right. And uh, something that we scoffed at as being a fake game, fake esport format is actually uh, seemingly pulling audience away from Artifact because this number has dropped from a peak of 60,000 active players, which, by the way, kind of a shitty number given the amount of investment and this being a Valve title, um, down to 5K. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty pretty crazy because I mean this came out no technically this is going from numbers starting November twenty eighth. Okay, that is really about what six weeks, maybe seven weeks. In yep. seven weeks, you went from a peak of sixty to a peak of five, and really that's stretching it because that lap, that last peak was exactly seven days ago. Since then, they haven't topped five, and it was like five thousand and like sixteen, like. It's not looking good. And no, it's and especially when to, this is over a holiday break where people have more time to play games. Right, right. And it's it's steadily going going down. It peaked when they had the tournament briefly um, back in, like, first week of December. But that was when everybody started talking about, like, these numbers aren't going up. They peaked, and they went straight back down. It's not yep. looking – like, you looked at average concurrent players, and you have to play it through Steam to, to do it. So it's counting all of its players. Correct. There's no other way to play it. So. Right, right. And you're looking at 1,900 people playing it. 
That's really, really, really low. To give you a, a perspective, Shadowverse, which has been out for some time, not really popular at all in the States, has the exact same number, right around like 4,000, like almost like 4,100 concurrent. I mean, there's only a difference of like less than 100 players at peak playing. And while in the last 30 days, Artifact has shed over half of its concurrent base, uh, Shadowverse has actually gone up like 20-something percent. And they also have a mobile client, so you can play it other ways as well. So they're beating Artifact. And this is, everybody called Artifact like the killer for, the the Hearthstone killer. And it turns out it just killed itself. And it's not just the game that's struggling, but the market that is really how they're going to make money from this game has dropped out. The average price for an entire Artifact set right now is under $150. Yeah. You can't build a complete expansion set of Hearthstone cards for 150 bucks with the randomness obviously taken into account, but still not a good sign. Like that is not think of what it would take you cash money to put together a traditional Magic of the Gathering set. Right. Not even a whole block, just one single expansion would still be far more than that. And if I'm correct, I'm trying to think of the actual business model when it comes to the uh store. Like Valve gets a cut of that 150. They don't get all of that 150 because that 150 goes back to the people who are selling it in portion, yep. and then they have to go like, and then they're respending it again. And they're not going to go and spend the money it takes to put a set together in the actual official store if they're only going to make 150 bucks. Right. And it, so if it's if it's constantly if the cost is dropping, then I don't know. It's it's getting a little crazy. I know that some people like Life Coach would be like, I'm sticking with it. If you look at the numbers, I don't know that you do. The only thing that can save Artifact at this point in time is if they flip to free-to-play. And I almost think it might be too late now. They've added some... The last patch added some stuff to speed up games, so they're trying to cut down the, the oh, length of time it, it, it takes. It is a boring freaking game to play. I think it's great. It just it does take a while to do it. And I enjoy it, but I also don't really... I don't have to play another player to actually enjoy it. Like, I can play against the AI. Yeah, it's just kind of funny. Like, I mean, I do like it. It's super complex. It feels like you're playing against another person versus another deck. Um, but, uh, you know, all these games have their problems, but Artifact's problem has gone on so long, and Valve is not known for the quick pivot on anything. No, no. Uh, if you want to call it switching CSGO free to play 11 years later a quick pivot, like, yeah, I don't know what you do. Although CSGO is doing quite well now. I mean, it is. And to be fair, Valve has done a good job keeping games going a long time. Like Dota has gone for a while. CSGO is obviously the, the epitome of that. I, but in this case, like if you don't even have the core audience to even like this is these numbers are ridiculous. This game is like months old. Weeks uh, mon- old. months yeah weeks old it's not i would say it's we haven't hit plural months yet we're close which is just insane to me you don't have a mobile client you can only be played on steam so you're limiting your player base we remember how the player base in hearthstone exploded after they went mobile everyone was just chomping right. the bit to get the right. game on mobile and they don't have that anywhere in the future the timing of mtg arena is super powerful because magic the gathering is still like a core game that people play constantly and they have struggled in the past to find a good online model for the game and if they finally nailed it which is starting to look like they may have that's trouble for the artifact team yeah it's they're going to have to get rid of that that barrier to entry which we talked about like the cost initially to jump into the game let people experience it and you may have to pubg thing you you may have to do something well there's pubg still makes money but I don't, I mean, compared to Artifact, there are more people playing it on PlayStation than there are there are people 
as a whole playing artifact probably for all of last month but there, there may be more people in this room <laughs> <laughs> this is true this is true depending on the time of day i don't know it, it I, I would like to see more competition in the card space i don't think anyone has really hit a home run i mean this is artifact follows up uh gwent follows up elder scrolls legends when's the last time you heard about either of those two games like oh yeah that's true they That's were all true. supposed to be Hearthstone Killers as well. And I think the timing's just... I mean, this is Blizzard, right? Like, as much as we just shit on them, like, they do still have a knack for timing. And every MMO that came after Blizzard's Warcraft lost... You know, they just couldn't keep right, up, they right? Up. Yeah. Right? They they got in front of the trend. They built up this massive lead. And you'd take 20 years to build an MMO that could compete with WoW at, at the state that it's currently in. And people just gave up. And now we're here we are in the card space. We have years of Hearthstone years of refinement years of building a player base and even if that's a declining player base even if they're half bullshit numbers we're talking about tens of millions of people still playing hearthstone compared to 5k like there's more people that live in yeah. this apartment complex than are playing <laughs> artifact at any given time and it's it's just it's, it's a sad state to be and given that this was valve's first new game in quite a while like it, it's gotta feel pretty bad right now over there at valve is this where i play the sad trombone you're more than welcome to <laughs> we didn't pay the bills, so you don't get an actual sound effects machine. Oh, so you're not going to put it in in post? Nope, nope, nope. I was expecting you to just go wah, 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 wah. Aw, that's very that. good. I'll, I'm glad you did it. Oh, man. <laughs> On that note, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. As always, you can catch this show every Monday and Thursday on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Just head over to eleaguereport.com for all the ways you can listen and subscribe. And while you're over there, be sure to tell us what you think of the show by leaving a five-star review. It helps people discover it, and we are just two listeners away from having more people listening to the show that are playing artifact right now see i was going to mention if i did the sad trombone right now it just sounded like a high-pitched piccolo <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't even know what to do with that and if you want to talk about that high-pitched piccolo <laughs> directly with seven you can do so over at discord.eleaguereport.com and don't forget to catch the e-league csgo invitational coming up january 25th through the 27th which will be airing on twitch eleague.com and br live bringing us back to bleacher report oh look at that they're Full after us they're after us <laughs> they know where we live they know where we live uh that's gonna do it we'll be back on thursday with the midweek edition of the e-league report. <laughs>